Welcome to Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burt. Joining you today, as always, is the fantastic and super sexy and wonderful and super charming Mr. Kyle Franz. Kyle, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, it's been an interesting week in the hockey world. Hey, I'd say so. <laughs> I thought last week we were upset. Yeah. Although, honestly, I'm not that upset. So, yeah. Which we'll get into. But for before we get there, we're going to start with the World Juniors. So, World Juniors are over. Obviously posted about, you know, about them getting to the gold game. And now we get to say about them winning gold. So congratulations to the Team American, the American U-20 World Junior Champions. Because, boy, did they deserve it. And, boy, was that a fun team to watch. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was very, very exciting. Uh, poor Sweden, though. Once uh, again, here, <laughs> the, the silver medals that that team has racked up over the years is ridiculous. And it's a shame, but... They ran into a better team. Uh, they were a goal away from getting knocked out two rounds prior. So it's not like they were dominating anyone. So USA just dominated that tournament from the beginning. Uh, and, and very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I do feel bad for Sweden. I actually thought we may see another Leah Sanderson metal chuck into the crowd. I, I really thought it was coming. I, I really, I was surprised when, well, a couple of them didn't put it on, but they took it off right when they got, but it is what, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, you should respect it. You need to take it. It's a part of growing up, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But unfortunately for these kids, there's no one. They're kids. They're still young. They're still young still. So, mm-hmm. and you know, this tournament, we we uh, we watched it with so much praise, and we these kids are they're still kids. They're still growing. They're still mm-hmm. developing into to men. So it's it's gonna take it takes them a little bit. Unfortunately, some react the wrong way. But I only saw a couple, and it's really. They weren't that bad, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I feel like taking the medal off is okay. The tossing of the medal, I was a little bit, when that happened, so that those that don't know, I don't know what year that was. I want to say it was 20, uh, he was a 2017 first rounder, so I think it would have been tw- the twenty end of the 2017-18 tournament, I think. They lost to Canada, I believe. Okay, then maybe it was a year after because that was a year that America won. So mm-hmm. maybe it was a year after. I yeah. don't remember. Because I know he was drafted when that happened. But anyway, I should have looked and I didn't, but here we are. So, Elias Anderson was the captain of Sweden at that tournament. They gave him his silver medal and he proceeded to take it off his neck and throw it into the stands. So, yeah. there's it's, There were some it, people praising him about it. Some people like <laughs> that were okay with it, whatever. I don't know it's it's okay it's okay to lose mm-hmm. that's what's one thing they need to learn in this tournament and it's it's a really fun tournament to play in um you know last year when we watched Czechia lose to Canada I've never seen a happier team to mm-hmm. win silver and that's when players like that need to understand that you're you're kind of privileged a little bit that you play in a country that is always competitive so like mm-hmm. uh, those La- imagine a Latvia team winning even a bronze mm-hmm. you know how that would that celebration would be insane so you, you need to appreciate it when you do get it and it sucks it sucks to lose i know there was somebody made a comment um during the broadcast i was watching because they were talking about czechia winning the bronze which was a wild game by oh, the way against man. finland but <laughs> um they made a comment like it's funny how you you win to play you play to you play to win bronze but you lose to win silver Mm -hmm. and there's really no other way around it 
he wasn't meaning it that way. He was just like, it's funny how you celebrate winning third place, but you're disappointed to win second. Mm -hmm. And the only way around it is to do another, which they used to do way back when it's like, once the gold medal game's done, then the three other teams that were there play like a round robin tournament against each other to determine who gets second and third. But nobody wants that. No, no. <laughs> nobody wants that. No. Yeah, that's because I think the last thing you want to do is losing the gold medal game and then having to play again. Right. Like you want to go home. Yeah. Like just, the tournament's over, just go home. Yep. Like, it's better for everyone. But yeah, because like I know the, the only way I really know that is 1980, the whole Miracle on Ice thing, USA. They played Finland in the gold medal game, and Finland didn't win a medal hmm. in that tournament. Interesting. I, so, don't, I never knew that. Yeah. Hmm. Russia ended up winning silver. It's not surprising. Yeah, because they just went on to win every other game after that. But Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, miracle. Love yeah. it. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. <laughs> but, yeah, did you did you see the, the team singing the national anthem? Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Yeah, it was. That it was, was awesome. so cool to see. It really so. was. Yeah, I mean, this team was a lot of fun to watch, and I'm really, really interested to see how some of these kids are going to end up, what their NHL careers are going to look like, because this is a very, very good team. Like This team has some really, really good players, and they have a lot of everything. This reminds me so much of the 2018 team, and a lot of them are regular NHL players, with a few that are very, like, they're stars. They're all stars. So, and some even may even be superstars, like, that that was a good team, and this team is, is very is very so similar in that like they're gonna be some very solid NHL players coming from this team. So make sure you figure out who they are and keep up with them as they go forth in their careers. And it'll be interesting to see how Williams where where he's gonna end up falling in this first round next year because I think that he just increased his stock by a lot. Yeah. So the way he played and what he was able to do and different stuff like that, like he's just yeah he's I was very impressed, very impressed. Absolutely. So now, of course, you know, you have to love the, the little fight at the end and Lane Hudson <laughs> taking on an opponent who's at least four inches taller than him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what the double IHF does. They're, they're not too fond of any sort of mm-hmm. fists being thrown. So I'd be curious to see if these kids get anything for future tournaments. Yeah. I don't right. think any of the Americans will. I don't remember who it was on Sweden that was started all that, but. Who was mainly throwing? I mean, Hudson was more. He stepped in, but it was more self defense at that point. I mean, he had to. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was getting chucked at. I, yeah. It was. Man, I want to say it was Anton Johansson, maybe. Uh, I forget what his name was. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, Johansson. Anton Johansson, I think, is who it was. Right. I'm Sounds pretty sure. Right. He's a Detroit pick. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. So, and he's 6'4. Yeah, yeah, that's him. That's definitely yep. him. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's it's tough because I know that some people are like, oh, you know, lose with grace and whatever. I don't know. I had no problem with like Sweden. Like, you know, they were still trying to show some fight in themselves and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a problem with it because no, I don't feel like it went too far and it was like, ridiculous it was more just like teenagers are playing in a gold medal game that matters a lot and sweden's in front of their hometown like mm-hmm. they want to you know show a little something i don't know it was just like one of those things where like i don't think anybody crossed the line there but and it was i think it was good for for some of these americans to step up and it was i mean 
the amount of kissings kisses blown to the crowd was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know there's some people that would probably have an issue with that, and I think if I was on the bench, I may have had more of an issue with that. But as a fan, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any problems. Again, like I said, these are kids, and sometimes. And that's kind of ties into what we'll eventually talk about here soon. But mm-hmm. it's why they're they're kids playing in a tournament that's full of other kids. Or I just keep saying kids. They're they're adults, but very young, under twenty years old. That's mm-hmm. they're not very mature quite yet. So, um, and they're playing on the biggest hockey stage at that age group. So, yeah, they're going to do that. And also, too, I, they pointed out that Sweden and USA have played in the gold medal game in the U eighteen tournament too. Mm-hmm. The Sweden team was very upset to lose that. Mm-hmm. And potentially the U sixteen. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't. I thought that I heard them say that, but I don't want to quote that. But I know it was the U eighteen as well. So this age group has played against each other a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this it, it was kind of boiled over a couple of games, not just that one. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the one of the things they were saying about Sweden won that U eighteen. I believe the one the O fours were in U eighteen. Sweden beat them in gold for the gold, and so there was some leftover animosity from that. Yeah. Is what it was what my understanding was. So which I don't I I try to keep up with the U eighteen stuff, but I don't I just don't always yeah, don't always do. Yeah. But there's so much hockey to watch that sometimes <laughs> you miss stuff like that. But yeah. I remember watching it when Jack Hughes was there and it was just he was so much better than everybody else. Right? It goes crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. But yeah, no, congratulations to this USA team. Congratulations to Czechia on winning their, their bronze and Obviously, to Sweden for winning silver, as much as it sucks to lose, but they're still a good. That's a good team, and they have some very good prospects. And you know, who knows what we'll see moving forward? Because those guys may end up playing in world world championship against each other too. Yeah. Oh, which, absolutely. Which that's what I mean. Watch. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if those they get slapped with suspensions for that. Mm-hmm. Even. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that too. Like looking at who is who is involved. Like. Is somebody going to take exception and do something stupid because they're in 04 and not coming back next year? Yeah. And if you're headed to the NHL, you don't really care because, like, you may be, not be allowed to play the World Cup, but, like, do you really care that much? It is kind of is what it is. Versus, obviously, Olympics would be a whole different story, but yeah. it is what it is. So, all right. Anything else before we wrap up on World Juniors for this year? No, just go USA. Yeah, baby. It was nice to see him bring home another gold. And it was even better. Canada got nothing. Losers. <laughs> That's always fun. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on. So we have, I think we have two things on the docket that will take us the rest of the episode to get through. So, because that's just how it's going to go. So we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk on Nylander first. So we're going to hit on, so William Nylander has signed an eight year contract extension at $11.5 million a year. So it's a $92 million contract over eight years. Full no movement clause. So why don't you give me your initial reaction there, buddy? Initial reaction was not surprised. Just assume you were kind of waiting for it. You knew that it was coming that around that number. Um, I know some people were saying he took a discount to stay there. I mm-hmm. don't really agree with that. Um, I do. I, I don't mind the contract, but I don't love the fit. And mm-hmm. I'm, I think it was time. I, I just, I thought they were going to move him this throughout the year and maybe even this off season do kind of like Ottawa did with Mark Stone do kind of like these teams that have players that are on their last year. And it's like, you know what, let's just let's sign and trade. I mean, they end up signing with the other team, but let them go talk to other teams, see what they can manage. And 
bring in a first round pick, bring in a top tier prospect and let's start, let's, let's, let's do something different here. Let's try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just going to stick with it. I just, it's, it's the same thing we've talked about how many times <laughs> I get it. He, of, of the core four or whatever, the, I think that's what they call them. Mm-hmm. He usually is the best performer in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Still not enough. Like, he still doesn't do enough. It's not like they're killing it every, I don't know, one playoff series win to earn yourself an $11 million contract, $11.5 million. I just, it's, I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't get it. But good for him. He's cashing in. I know people have talked about, too, with Tavares, his contract going up, but then Marner's right after him, and they're like, oh, like, this is just the Tavares money, and then Marner will take, like, take that then, too. It's like. But, but you're you're not upgrading though. Your team's just the same. So I don't know. I don't understand where Toronto's really coming from here. But I guess it's hard to just move a player that you know is going to give you eighty points. Mm-hmm. But eleven and a half million dollars or eighty points, I feel like that money should be a hundred. But that's me. Yeah, I mean, I love the contract. You know why? Because it means Toronto will never win a cup. Yeah. So I know some people will be like, "Oh, that's you know, you're you're you know, you're an idiot." Whatever. Obviously, there's people talking about there's a bunch of these Team USA projections keep coming out about it if we'd have a world or if we'd have Olympics or whatever. Bettman's floating and talking about because now all this stuff's coming out, and <laughs> it's interesting listening to some of these people talking about, "Wow, well, why isn't this person listed on the roster?" And it's like because they're Canadian, and this is an American roster, right? It's like, how dumb are you? So it's funny. So, but you know, I'm sure people. Well, thankfully, we're not mainstream enough for people to hear this. That though, I get ripped every day about it. But at the same rate, no, I I think this I think this pretty much seals the deal on this team will never win a cup. Yeah. Because, and while I and I'm I, I wasn't necessarily being like totally ridiculous in saying I love it because I do think it's a good deal. Like I do think that Nealander's worth it. It's it's tough because of. I don't know that anybody's worth over ten million dollars, because the cap it is the cap. Um, sorry, the salary cap itself is too low in my opinion to have guys making that much money, but it's also one of those things of where, with the salary cap increase, you can sign players to higher amounts because of the percentage stuff. But I don't know. To me, it's it's tough because yeah, he's earned it. I mean, he's I mean he's got fifty seven points in thirty eight games this year. He picked it. Great year to decide to go off. Mm-hmm. Got himself that big contract. Good on him, you know. And and as you said, like he's he is one of their more consistent producers in the playoffs. Like he's almost a point per game. He's got forty points in fifty games. So and it's his first year was four points in six games, and four points in seven, three points in seven, four and five, eight and seven, seven and seven, and ten and eleven. So like pretty like pretty consistent, like almost a point per game. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good for for him. So yeah. And quite frankly, I mean, he's the. I think he's probably the best out of the four. Um, I mean, Matt. I, it's tough because Matthew's shot and his his ability is so undeniable, but he's just so lazy. Yeah. And it's just like, man, what he could be. Whereas I don't really feel that with Nealander. I feel like he's pretty consistently plays a good a good game, and he's certainly got his gaps. But we all, everybody does. Like anybody who's ever played hockey has gaps. So I like his complete game more than the rest of them, but. I don't know. It's just to me. It's just this. The fit on this team makes absolutely zero sense to me. 
because they're not gonna do it like it's, this this does not help them Mm-mm. that's that's really what it comes down to it's not you're not upgrading it, it's i i'll just never i think i've mentioned this before and i'll never forget i mentioned his name a few minutes ago in tavares when he left the islanders i remember well bill who we had on our islanders fan and many others were saying like we'll never win a cup unless we sign tavares like we need to keep him here Mm-hmm. It's like you've won one playoff series mm-hmm. when he was making five and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to make eleven and a half. Mm-hmm. How is that going to make you win a Stanley Cup? Mm-hmm. It's the same with this. It's like okay, now that we kept him, it keeps our window open. For what? What window? The window is not very open. You have you've won one playoff series and lost in five games in the second round and pretty much got smoked. Should have been a sweep. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. It's I don't know. That's that's my problem with it. But as I, you were talking, I was looking up comparables to the eleven and a half mil. In his defense, he's right there. Mm-hmm. It makes sense because the other ones are pretty similar. The Johnny Gaudreau's. I mean, it's a little less, but there's players up there. Jonathan Huberto signed it. Um, the only the literally the only two of the names that I just well, it's they're they're all around that area. But Gaudreau, Huberto. And then Nylander's 11.5, Pasternak's 11.5, and, a half, and per- Panarin's 11.5. Other than them two, everyone on this list, I take Nylander. So yeah. in his defense, I guess I guess it makes sense. Yeah. But it just doesn't make sense for Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. And some of it to me is, is what you said about you guys have won one playoff series in all these years that you've been here. Have you really earned it? And I think that's something that we, we, we were talking about Boston and Ottawa is something you brought up a couple times is about signing these guys to these long contracts without proving anything yet. And that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm like, do you really want to commit $92 million to a player who hasn't helped you win a cup? Hasn't yeah. helped you. Okay. You won one playoff series. Good for you. And then Florida came in and mercy killed you. Yep. Realistically. Yeah. They swept the floor with you. That Panthers team, like granted, they got all the way to the cup final, but like that team should. And, and again, I mean, I think Carolina would have swept them. I think Boston would have swept them. I, it wouldn't matter who they play, Mm-mm. who they played. Tampa was bad that series. Bad. That's the only reason they got thrown. Well, and you, you know, I understood because I get it. It's very stressful the amount of playoff series they've been in. But when they won that series, it was like they won the cup. Mm-hmm. They seemed okay. They seemed satisfied. It's like the difference with that and i know that this is, might not be the best example but literally the night after that is when the devils and rangers played game seven and after the devils beat the rangers i remember watching uh hughes was on they interviewed him right afterwards and they were like how's it feel to go out and get your first playoff series win yeah it feels good but we're moving on mm-hmm. uh, i'm just worried about i don't even i don't know who we're playing next but i'm just worried about who we're playing next one series out of the way we got three more to go Toronto was just like, oh, it just feels so good to get that weight off you. It's like, no, that's not what you need to be saying. You need to be ready to go. Get to that next one. One series is nothing. Every team wins a series. I know, unfortunately for you, you haven't. Like, But it's one series. The first round's not easy to get through, but it's the easiest to get through. And I wonder if that playoff series win wasn't the worst thing this organization could have ever done. Because how different would this team look right now if they hadn't won? Yeah. Keith would be gone for sure. And realistically, Nealander would have probably been traded. Yeah. Because you couldn't have possibly, possibly said, 
we are going to keep all the guys. We're going to keep the coach. Everything. When you went into another playoff series and lost. Yeah. So in some sense, as somebody who loves the fact that Toronto can't seem to figure this part out and think it's, it's hilarious how long this team is going to not be good. And okay. And which I have stats set aside for a little bit later about like regular season points, but this is a very good regular season team. And that's why $11.5 million, yeah, he's going to get you 90 points in the regular season. Regular season points don't matter. All that matters is you get those two points for a win getting into the playoffs. That's what matters first, and then it matters that you win playoff series and that you're always in the run. Obviously, you're never going to win, and and Elliot and I went back and looked and talked about you know playoff series and who's won and all that stuff. It's not easy to win. It mm-hmm. is not. But when you are literally being insane and – slamming your head against the wall, doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, at what point do you go, okay, this does not work? Having four guys making up 56% of your cap is dumb. You know, like it's... Um, I wrote it down. Hold on. <laughs> it's 52.7% of their cap next year. Yeah. Is the four contracts. And they're all forwards. They're all forwards. How does that make sense? It has not worked yet. It didn't work when you had Nylander making five and a half. Why is it going to work when he's making 11 and a half? It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. And that's my point. Like, it's not, okay, you know, you, you, obviously, like, they, Colorado wins their cup. And, and while they, when they won their cup, McKinnon was already signed. But his contract kicks in the next year. It's like, okay, you know, it's obviously his, his contract jumped a lot. But... You kind of know what knew what you had in him. It's like okay, you gotta kind of work. You know, you need to, and which is also why it's really it's crucial that you develop players who can come in on entry level contracts and produce produce really well. <laughs> Matty Nice is a good example of that in Toronto. Like he's doing very well on his entry level contract. You need that from all levels of your roster. Yeah. You need guys making league minimum coming in and having a, a positive impact. To me, I think that is the biggest gap in some of these coaches. The coaches who can really, really, really coach can take a league minimum guy and make him a bottom a bottom um, pairing defenseman. They can make them a bottom six forward that will produce effectively. And I'm not necessarily talking about points, but just in overall. Mm-hmm. Keegan Colazar may have not had a ton of points in the any any of the series, but man, that dude was he was a crucial, crucial piece to that team. Now he's not making league minimum, but Still, it's one of those things where you take a guy like that, and that's what you need to be doing, and that's not that's something Keith has not done yet. And he's instead he's kind of going the other way, where he takes all this talent and kind of ruins it, and you really don't know what you have. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. I don't really know. I don't. I don't. But at the same time, like it's not like I think if I'm trying to just think of an example, like another coach coming in. Like I just I don't know if it's all. I hear what you're saying about mm-hmm. that, but like, I also too just think it's on the management side, like the talent that's being given to him as well. Like, you look at the roster and they, you know, they force Ryan Reeves on him. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, but that could be someone else. That could be that league minimum guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it could be Jansen Heinen. Yeah. Right. What? Like that's what. Yeah. Exactly. We talked throughout the whole off season. There's a whole list of free agents that are still available. At Thomas Tatar was sitting out there for how long? Like, that could have been him. But, yeah, that was the other thing, too, while you have this up here. The uh, Toronto's team, the defensive core as well, 
I, I heard someone say like, yeah, like they're all leaving. So like, that'll help help. What, mm-hmm. what you're going to rebuild that through free agency. Yep. Like what, what are you talking about? You still don't have a goalie. That's a problem. <laughs> I don't know. They're just, <laughs> they're just trying to bandaid everything. I guess. I, I just don't understand. I don't, I don't get this team. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand how how so many managers can come in here and look at it and just go like, "All right, we're good. I like this. I like where we're heading here." <laughs> well, I, I, I think Lou Lamorello was sending them in the right direction. Yeah, that was the their they wanted Tavares that bad that they were willing to not be a competitive, not be a competitive playoff team. They'll be in the playoffs every year. I don't think anyone's gonna ever question that. It's just does that, but that's like if you don't feel like you can win the Stanley Cup with the team, then you have a problem. Major facts. Major facts. I just, I don't know. It's at at what point do you? I don't know. Do you, do you accept the fact that th- this team can't win a cup in the way that they're they're headed? And yeah. you've got to do something different. And, you know, there's some people that are complaining about, you know, the different guys on this team. And, like, I know T.J. Brody's under attack constantly. And it's, okay, what else are you getting for $5 million? And I think Brody's a very good defenseman. I do. And, and again, like, okay, next year they're literally losing Brody, Lilligren's an RFA, Giordano, and William Legison are all, like, William Legison, Giordano, Brody are all UFAs. So they're all, I would assume, are going to be done. Mm-hmm. I half wonder if Giordano is going to go back to Seattle for one year yeah. or something like that. Because I think he could play another year. I think he would be good enough, and he'd be really good to have in the locker room. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're talking about right now, so we'll talk about that later. But, like, and again, like, Lilligren's making $1.4 million. He's going to get a big contract extension. So, or, sorry, maybe not big, but he's going to have to upgrade it. But where are you... What are you putting in else? What else are you putting into your lineup? Are you bringing up? I mean, Topi Nemo is you know the has been that guy that they've been talking about for years and years and years. Okay, maybe he's coming up and and I know that or well Muzzin's done, but you know like are you bringing back Klingberg? I don't understand. And and now that you've tied up that much money, I mean, you have Bertuzzi, Domi, Bobby McCann. Nick Robertson, no Gregor's contracts coming off. That's five guys coming off. And all that's decreased in your cap from your forwards from last year to this year is about six and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. So you have six and a half million dollars to sign five guys. Let yeah. me do the math for you. That don't work. Mm-mm. It don't work. And then the next offseason is Tavares and Marner. Mm-hmm. And how bad is that going to be? Right. Everyone's saying that, like, oh, well, like Tavares, like that's going to save. Are you just letting him go? Yeah. He'll be 35. It's not like he's done. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I would, but I wouldn't have signed him. So. Yep. Yep. And this is, I think, the part that people need to realize is that I think this, while I don't think that signing Tavares would have ever made sense, but if they had signed Tavares to eight and a half to nine million dollars, this would be a very different conversation because it would literally be him taking a discount to go sign with Toronto. That's different to me. Whereas he probably got more money in Toronto than he would have gotten anywhere else. Yeah. So 
why it's just one of those things where and you're doing that having Matthews on your team where you can only have really realistically one of those two forwards it doesn't make sense to have both of them but and that's what and I know that people you know may get upset with how much I trash Toronto but it's just when are they going to learn are they ever going to learn and and I do need to go back and I do need to you know Keith it's not all his fault I'm not trying to insinuate that I kind of said that but it is. It's the G- the GMs this team has had since um, Lamorello have been bad. Dubis has made some very questionable decisions. And now Treleving, Treleving, Tre- <laughs> Treleving has. Did I say that right? Treleving. Treleving. Tree I don't know why that one gets me so bad. It's, it's a tough one. It's not though. It's Treleving. It's just. <laughs> it's tough because so many people say it different. So. Oh, that's anyway. Yep. But he, uh, it's just, it's stupid. So it's just, it's just, uh, I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, to spend that much money on, on four forwards is crazy. To me. It's insane. It's four crazy forwards don't win you Stanley Cups. It's no, I don't know. No, they don't. Yep. But I did all this research, so I want to talk through it a little bit here. So I have the past, actually, hold on before, let's do this. Can you tell me when was the last time a Stanley Cup winning team had a 100-point player on their team? So somebody on their team who scored 100 points the year that they won. Um, Tampa didn't it? So technically, no, because of COVID and COVID. So they ne- neither of the years they won, they played 82 games. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was just assuming Kucherov did. Um, so the first one, they did not. They didn't even have anybody who was a point per game. Yeah. So okay. they didn't have any 80-point people. Okay. Technically, the second time, technically, Kucherov was on a 102.5 pace. So technically, they would have if they played all 82 games, but they didn't play all 82 games, so he didn't have 100 oh, points. That's right. That one was only 56. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, then he'd probably have to go back. Um, I don't think anyone in Washington would have. I don't think anyone in Pittsburgh would have. Has it ever happened? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, it was been within our lifetime for sure. Okay. Um, I'll just go to the 08 Red Wings. You are so close. I don't know if they did or not because I didn't look because the year after is the last time it happened. Okay, so, so the Pittsburgh. 09 Pittsburgh Penguins, Malkin had a hundred and I forget what what it was, hundred and twelve, something like that. Okay. He was that was the last time a Stanley Cup can, Stanley Cup winner had a hundred and two point or hundred plus point player on their team. So keep that in mind. Like just and and so I also went down and wrote like so the last I have I have whatever that is. So the Blackhawks which won in two thousand ten. So the last thirteen teams that won. So the Gold Knights had 709 points. They had 262 goals. Avalanche had 838 points, 308 goals. Lightning had 475 points and 180 goals, which was a shortened season. Lightning the year before had 653 points, 243 goals. Another shortened season. The year before that, the St. Louis Blues had 660 points and 244 goals. I can go through this list. It all is just numbers. It doesn't really matter. Currently, the... Toronto Maple Leafs are on pace for 807 points this year with 294 goals, which will outdo all the points and all the goals, I believe. Besides Colorado. 
except for Colorado. Colorado, yeah. So the Colorado team that won is out out will outpace them because that Colorado team was gross. Mm-hmm. Part of which helped with McKinnon was only making five and a half million dollars. Which quick side note on that: Did you see Landis Gog skating again? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I was surprised. We interrupt this commercial to give you breaking news that Brent, uh, that uh, Gabriel Landeskog is skating again for the first time. But sorry, anyway. No, it's good news. We're all excited for that. I hope he can come back. I mean, I'll be surprised if he ends up playing, but it's a good start. Yeah, I don't think he'll play this year, but just the fact that he's skating already gives me hope that he'll play next year and be very good. Right. So because that's I think at this point it's kind of the this season is just like a wash. It doesn't matter. Let it go. But hopefully moving forward next year, he'll be able to come back. Yeah. So, but. Right. But going back to what you were saying with this, though, yeah. I mean, your point is pretty clear. Defense wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can just tell by all of these, especially I look at, like, that's wild that Pittsburgh mm-hmm. put up, like, 37 less goals in their back-to-back championships. Yeah. Well, and I think what's interesting to me, too, is looking at, the Penguins have kind of been that like offense flying. They don't really have that defenseman, you know, kind of stuff like that. And they're not putting up that many points. Mm-mm. So it's it's interesting, really, to think about that kind of okay. It it still matters. Like scoring goals in the regular season does not matter that much. At the end of the day, Matthews could put up eighty two goals this year. He could put up eighty five goals this year. That's awesome, but it doesn't mean anything. You know, and it's like the whole, to me, you cannot ever have a Hart Trophy winner whose team does not make the playoffs. Right. I'm sorry, but that is a prerequisite for the medal, yep. for the for the award. award. You have to, have to make the playoffs because otherwise it don't matter. Well, yeah, because all these teams that we're looking at right here, they're all year long. They're the ones that are winning those tight three to two games, two to one. Like they're the ones that are going out there. They're not allowing like, five goals a game and having to win seven, five, which is, that's what like we were talking about, even like with Edmonton, like that's still my concern with them. Like, okay, cool. They're on another winning streak again. But like, again, they're scoring seven goals right now. Okay. When that comes back down to three, you're, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. It's the problem. Like you're not winning tight, like tight checking two one grind game where it's like thir- the shots are 34 to 32. And like, you're just, working so hard to get the puck into the slot. Like, no, you're just playing wide open hockey. You're getting a lead. Then teams have to open it up and they can come back and score on you because you don't know how to really like tighten the game and, and slow the pace of the game down. Cause you have to try to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with like Toronto and Edmonton. It's like, okay, cool. You got that three, nothing lead. Keep it, keep it three, nothing. Don't make it three, two, mm-hmm. keep it three, nothing. Mm-hmm. Like chip the puck in, go for line changes, cover the middle. Like, Smart, smart hockey. Just play the game smart. They just don't. I guess that's the concern with Toronto, and that's what going back to this contract. Like Nylander is one of the reasons. Like he wants to make it for nothing. Yeah. Like okay, I know that sounds stupid because like realistically, you should want to score goals, but like just tighten the game up. Yeah. Well, but if you're playing good defense, that will lead to offense. Yeah. And that's the part that just it does doesn't seem like Edmonton or Toronto, and there's a couple that seem that mm-hmm. teams that are doing this that aren't just those two. Those two are the easiest to point out because they have two of the best forwards in the league. That's right. And their the expectations, Stanley Cup. Exactly. So, and that's their, what, to your point, they're able to win the the game 52 of the regular season. They're able to win those games. Yeah. Whereas the middle of the season, it doesn't, like, teams are opening up. They're, they're okay with flying, you know, 100 miles an hour. So be it. 
when the stakes are higher and when everybody's defensive game gets much stronger and everybody brings it in and hones it in and now starts playing playoff hockey is when they start to struggle because they don't know how to play those hard-hitting, those tight wins, those grindy goals, those Garnet Hathaway goals, mm-hmm. those type of goals. They don't have those type of players to do that. And it was, which to your point, that's the GM not having those type of players, but it's also, you know, it's the team too, you know, and that's the thing, like spending $11.5 million on somebody who doesn't do that isn't necessarily going to help your team win. Nope. Like, you know, it's just, it's crazy to me. It's it's absolutely crazy, but here we are. Toronto fans can simulate their NHL 24 season and they'll win the cup every year. Uh, so, so, so good that, NHL simulator is not true. <laughs> so funny to watch. It is funny. It's always funny to watch the simulators to see how certain teams just always suck, but in real life, they're the ones that win mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> well, last year's Vegas team. I mean, their top score was Eichel, who had, I believe it was 68 points. Yeah. That's it. Yep. 66, if I remember. I think it was 66. I'm, Regardless. Sure. Regardless, it's right there. Somebody had 66, and I thought I thought that was number maybe two. It was. Maybe, that's, maybe it, you're it right. Matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. matter. I was just trying to make it sound better. <laughs> so before we move off this topic, because, again, I did research on this, and I want to go through my research. So combined, those four ding-dongs make $46.653 million. So do you want to give me a guess just on the highest total – so, okay, hold on. Let me let me explain what number I have in front of me. So I took the four high paid the four highest paid players on the last five years, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Sorry, six. So the last six teams that won a cup, I took their four highest paid players and combined them. And that's the number I have. I have I have it broken down, but I also have that that number combined. Wanna give me the highest one you think it is? I guess. The highest player? The highest com- combination between oh. the four. Oh, gosh. Uh, 33? Close. You're like right in the gap. So the highest is 35.375. Okay. These ding-dongs are making 46.653. Now, again, I get the cap is going up. Sure. Yeah. But that's... So that's just not going to work. And so now let me read three. So Vegas was Eichel at 10, Stone at 9.5, Petrangelo at 8.8, William Carlson at 5.9. Okay. 34.2 what that comes out to. Colorado, Ranton at 9.25, McCarr at 9, Captain Landy at 7. Sorry, Gabriel Landeskog at 7. <laughs> Captain Landy is such a great nickname for him. Not a ding-dong. <laughs> not a ding-dong. He is that... He's the, the type that he's what Sweden needs to lead them to gold. That's right. Because he's plays the right way. Yep. And then McKinnon at six point three. So obviously I know like, oh it was the lap McKinnon's last year, blah blah blah. <laughs> he still won. Okay. Yeah, you didn't win with Nylanders last, so No, exactly. Thirty one point five five was our total. Tampa in the Tampa's second run, Vassy at nine and a half, Kutroff at nine and a half, Stammer at eight and a half, Stampos, and Victor Hedman at seven point eight seven five. For thirty five point three seven five, which is the highest total out of the last couple years of or last six years of Stanley Cup contenders or Stanley Cup winners. Yeah. The year before that, Kucherov at nine and a half, Stamkos at eight point five, 
Hedman at 7.875, and McDonough at 6.75 for 32.675. <laughs> year before that was St. Louis, Petrangelo at 6.5, Ryan O'Reilly at 7.5, Steen at 5.75, Parenko at 5.5. 25.25 was their combined cap hit for their top four guys when they won their cup. Yeah. Year before that, Washington, Ovechkin, 9.54, Carlson, 8, Kuznetsov, 7.8, Backstrom, 6.7, 32.04. There's yeah. like a seventeen million dollar gap. Yeah. It, Even with the five million dollars increase, it's still a twelve million dollar gap. Right. No, you're right. And every, every single one. Actually, let me let me check that. I'm almost positive. Yes, 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 yes. I know where you're going with this. Yes, yes. Every single one of them has a defenseman. Yep, that's what I was figured you were heading with that. Slaying stuff over here. <laughs> Dumb people. I don't know why I'm mad. I shouldn't be mad. This is good because I go I don't like when teams build or when organizations build teams incorrectly and win. Yeah. This team will well, never win. And to top it off too, like I know Vasilevsky seems to be the odd man out, but none of them were goaltenders either. Mm-hmm. So it's not like besides Vasilevsky, but even though even look at that though, to me personally, we'll get into Tampa eventually. That's hurting them right now. Oh yeah. That is hurting them right now. Mm-hmm. Did he win the cups to earn it? Okay, it's yes. fine. But right now, Tampa is hurting because they're paying their goalie too much money. Yeah, they need McDonough. <laughs> so well, I think quickly I'll touch on that. Part of the reason is they traded the wrong defenseman. They should have uh, traded Sergachev sure. and they and kept McDonough for sure. And they said they traded McDonough, and I think that's the bigger issue than necessarily the goalie. But it is definitely a big part of it. Right. He's making too much money, and they traded the wrong defenseman. Yeah. So it's a combination of two. Right. But yeah. it's also like, why did and, – and maybe they didn't know he was available. But why would you not trade for McDonough if you're if you're Toronto mm-hmm. or, or Edmonton? Why would you not go after him? Right. Yeah. Instead, Edmonton goes and gets at home. Right. Why wouldn't you ask about McDonough instead? He may have cost you less, honestly. I don't oh, know for that. Sure. He, I don't know that his trade value. Like, I don't know what his trade value is realistically because we love him. We know how valuable he is, but it seems like some other NHL teams don't. And I know for a fact a lot of NHL fans don't know how much he's worth. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans are stupid, but which we'll get into my how much I hate fans in a little bit here. But anyway, yeah, <sighs> let's get to that. <laughs> All right. Anything? Yeah. Anything else in the Nylander? I'm good. All I'm right. good. As I said, I I I was pretty sure that this one was going to be. <laughs> Three subjects, and that's it. But yeah. so, yeah, I, I think last thing will be I'll and I'm I'm gonna go out on limb on this, and I don't care. I don't. I think that uh, I don't know how. To, I'm not a gambling man, so. But I would be love to find some some whatever something that somebody would I'd have to do if this Toronto team wins a cup in the owner's contract. I'd love to. So, if you have an idea, if you're listening to this and go, I'd love to see this happen to Matt if they win a cup on Neil while Neil Ender signed on this contract. Hit us up because I'd love to hear your idea. But I'm going to go out there and say they will not win a Stanley Cup while this Neil Ender contract is in effect. Just no nudity, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're just going to call him out like that? You know, you know it. You know that's what he's going to want to do. <laughs> Uh, skate across 422 with my balls out. <laughs> yep, because Elliot came up with the idea to have Justin do that. Just go out in his jock strap. So. 
Shocking. And Justin almost did it, which was concerning. Oh, man. I have a story for you off the air when we can talk about other things, but... All right, let's let's move over to the other massive thing that happened that broke my brain my brain on Monday night. You know something big happened when my dad texted me about it. But so Monday night, the Philadelphia Flyers sent Cutter Gauthier to Anaheim for Jamie Drysdale and a 2025 second round pick. This was a big mind breaker to me. And yeah. I I know sometimes he checks in, but he's not really a hockey guy. So, Ben, if you're listening to this, thank you. You watched, sat there and watched me react to this for like 15 minutes while I was trying to wrap my brain around what the heck just happened. And was not, so was very confused what the heck was I was doing. So, yeah, I'm sitting at Bible study and I'm like, this is, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I don't, I, do I need to leave? Do I need to go call Kyle? Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I was just shocked. One. I was shocked that Anaheim was willing to move Jamie Drysdale. I was as shocked by that as I was by Katakochi getting moved. And then I think it took me all 15 minutes to go. He wasn't willing to sign a Philly. And that has to be it. That has to be why they traded him. And now, obviously, at this point, we know that that is, in fact, what happened. But even before I knew that, I looked at the trade and went, oh, man, this has all the bones to be one of the craziest blockbuster trades that we've seen in our lifetime because this could end up being a trade that's really good for both teams i know a lot of philly fans are butthurt about losing cutter gochier and it's funny because here's the other thing that i thought of immediately briere made corrected yet another chuck fletcher mistake chuck fletcher should have have drafted david yurichek with that selection i was gonna point that out let's go uh, i was sitting with you uh-huh that night when they drafted and they said Cutter Gauthier and you put two palms to the face and went. (laughs) Uh, When we were with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow said another word (laughs) that I won't say. (laughs) We can't mark that on the show. Or we can't say it on the show because then we have to mark the show differently. (laughs) He's the one that broke the news to me. Uh Uh-huh. I remember sitting sitting there and he was reading his tweets and I'm like, stop that. Stop that. I don't want to stop that. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Stop that. But you could see it in his face. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a night. Yep. What a night. But yeah, that's Fletcher should have drafted David Yurchek here. He didn't. He, he drafted Cutter Gauthier, which ended up looking like a very good selection. So I was like, okay, this will be okay. And then now these half of the world juniors was like, oh, this dude's going to be pretty good. But Jamie Dress is going to be a good defenseman. My, my concern with him is his injuries. He has had a lot of injuries and he's very young. But He's still only 21, so he there's you know there's lots of time for him to figure some stuff out and get healthy. And he's played a hundred and I think it was thirty-seven last time I looked, but hundred and twenty-four. Sorry, he's played hundred and twenty-four NHL games right now. So I have this thing that was at, I don't remember who it was that pointed out with and it was about Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman they were talking about NHL defensemen and how they need 200 NHL games before that you really know what you have in them. <laughs> it takes them about that long to figure some stuff out. They were talking about Hedman. Hedman was in that like 160 to 180, somewhere in there. And they were like, There's, Tampa's really trying to figure out if they have a bust in their hands. Obviously, we can now look and be like, he's one of the best defensemen in the league. It took him to that t- about 200 game range, and then it was like, oh, dang. This dude is legit and is going to be a stud in the league for many years. He's got 75 games to go until we really know what we have in him. 
this could be a this could be end up being a steal for Philly because right shot defensemen don't come along that often and one that moves the way that he does and that was the biggest hole in our development our in sorry in our prospect system is a right shot defenseman that moves as well we drafted Oliver Bonk specifically because we needed that now we have one that's already in the NHL he's played NHL games we have a general idea as to what he's going to be we have a worst case scenario Worst case scenario, he's still going to be a probably a second line, second line defenseman. Maybe you're going to put or second pairing defenseman. You might put him on the second third. Okay, but I think with the way that Torts coaches, and he seems to be somebody that would, would be receptive of that and would be willing to play hard. And while he's not super big, I mean he's yeah five eleven. He's small, but he moves really well, really well. So and I think the biggest thing that hinges that this this trade hinges on is that second round pick because that could easily be a top 35 top 40 pick if that happens and we get another really good really good player out of it this could end up being a really good swing for philly and the fact that they did this with a player who would refuse to sign with them is just props to danny props to danny he did a really good job with this yep i I, so yeah we'll break the trade down first the um I, I completely agree. When I saw the deal, I was like, okay, that's odd. I just saw Gauthier leave, and I'm like, yeah, like everyone did was like, why? Mm-hmm. And then when I saw Drysdale, I'm like, are you serious? Like, forget. Okay, so then we originally like, eventually found out what happened. I would have been okay with this if that wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Me personally. Mm-hmm. I like this deal for Philly mm-hmm. if Gauthier wanted to be a flyer. Because... Like you said, everything you said about the defense, I don't need to repeat that. That's great. They just, the 2025 second round pick is the equivalent to me of a trade deadline first round pick for a player where you're like, okay, that team's going to go on to win Stanley Cup. So it's going to be 32. Like, yep. that's a first round, that's a late round first round pick. Yep. A lot, a lot of good players come from that, that pick that they will have there. Now that's up to the management. To yep. make the right pick. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that was the first thing I thought. I'm like, that that turns into, I'm just throwing a name out there that was picked there. Jason Robertson. Uh, now, I'm not uh, saying it's going to be Robertson, a type of putt, but like, yeah. if they hit, like yeah. Dallas hit on that pick, this will benefit Philly for the next 20 years. Yep. Because I also thought Drysdale was like 23, 24. I forgot. He's 21. And like you said, 200 games, we ain't even close to that yet. That's another NHL season. Yep. And now he's coming to an organization that clearly knows this is our identity. Yeah. And to me, for Philly, right there, two things happened that night. The trade and both the president and the general manager spoke within the hour of that trade. There's diff- It's different here. Yeah. It's a lot different here. So I love that deal. I'm going to turn to the Anaheim side. A lot of people <laughs> love it. I don't get it. <laughs> I didn't even get to that side yet, but yeah. I don't get it. Why? Like, I mean. Because okay. he's American and he's amazing. <laughs> Is he? You know what I mean? You just gave up someone that has played 124 games. He is about to hit that threshold. And you, you, you're starting to see what you have in this kid to trade for someone that did very well in a tournament against other children. Like, 
And I'm not knocking that, but me and you have watched World Juniors. Mm-hmm. How many times have there been lights out players in that tournament that turned out to be nothing in the NHL? I'm not saying he is, but don't act like you just added, you know, the second coming of Bedard. Just relax. Yep. You didn't. <laughs> you just gave up a sixth overall pick for a fifth overall pick. And and a late round and a second an early second round pick. You just gave that up. Relax. That's wait and see on that end. Um because I wanted to bring up I don't know who this is, some Ducks writer. Leo Carlson, Trevor Zegers, Cutter Gochi, Mason McTavish, Troy Terry, holy mama, look out. Look out for what? There's already talks that Zegers is gone. They're already trying to trade him before he's he hasn't even played ten games this year because he's been hurt. And they're already trying to trade him because they realize he ain't gonna be the future here. Okay, so maybe that's their thought. We trade him, Gochier can step into his spot. Okay, cool. Him and Leo Carlson can build something together. That's fine. <laughs> okay. That's that's okay, but you just gave up your defenseman. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I mean, to kind of go with that, is Zeros going to get you a Jamie Drysdale? Not, not, not even not a, a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. Okay, so I, I get. I know they have a couple other prospects in the pool that I'm sure you're more aware of than I am, but I know the the ones playing this year, Matinkov. I can't say his name quite yet because I frankly I haven't really watched him play. Because um, Mitchikov. Fake Mitchkov. Mitchukov. <laughs> yeah. Mitchukov. Not Mitchkov. Tried watching the Ducks and gosh, that oh, that'll so give bad. you that'll give you a heart attack if you're a <laughs> hockey fan. If you like the deep the depths of hockey. I I don't know. Anyway, I just I I don't see the Ducks getting better ever. I don't know. I could be wrong. I just don't I this Ducks team is gonna be at the bottom for a long time and it's it's gotta make Gets laugh, just mm. <laughs> so upset. I have a video to show you afterwards, and this is where I wish we had video so I could put this in the middle of the episode. But there's this video of Drysdale and Zegers doing some kind of random handshake. Was or I don't know. Sorry, I don't think it was. I don't know. It was Zegers and somebody. I don't forget who the other person was. And gets us in the background and watched them do it, and you can just see in his face where he's like, "I'm too old for this league." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was yeah. so funny yeah. watching. But yeah, I mean, and that's, I think, something that I got pointed out that I also agree with is, is like, while for sure the Ducks have some very good defensive prospects coming through the pipeline, and they have some, they may have the best defensive prospect group of all the teams in the NHL, but I don't know that you have another Jamie Drysdale in your system. Right. So... Did you trade from a position of strength or not? Because to me, I'd say no. To me, if this if this was Mitchukov, I'm okay, I'm on Anaheim's side, okay with it. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's where you got to give credit to Danny Briere because he probably offered him that, and he said no, it has to be Drysdale. Yeah. So props to him for getting it done, but because that's the thing, like looking at it, they have a couple. I mean, they have Drew Hellison, who's right-handed, Tristan Lunea, Lunia, one of those. Is right-handed, and then uh, but Olin Zellweger and Noah Warren are both left-handed, and then Mitchikov is left-handed. So like they ha- kind of have a mix, but but Drew Hellison's not going to be, and he I mean talk about a World Junior player who you know I mean he's tw- he's only twenty-two, so his it's not, it's not like he's a bust yet, but 
he was, I mean, so good on one of the, I forget which, which team he played for. Well, it would have been two years ago, so the 22 team. So good on that team. I was super, super excited for him because I think him and Brock Faber were on the same team. Mm-hmm. But, and then Tristan Lunia? Luno. Luno, thank you. Which, why wasn't he at World Juniors? Did he not make the team? I don't know. But, I mean, and again, he had 83 points in 65 games last year in the queue, which is, you know, cool, but the queue kind of sucks, so it is kind of, is what it is. But, you know, he's 6'2", right shot defense. He was a second-round pick, 53rd overall. I don't know. You don't really know what you have in that. Like, you hope that you hit with that one, but I don't know. To me, it's, it's like, that's kind of the thing is, okay, you know, and maybe you can package, maybe you can package one of these kids and Zegris for another Drysdale. But I, you still are losing out on pieces then, because like, I, I'm not sure that Gauthier is an upgrade on Zegers. I'm not sure yet. And yeah. and while I came out of this World Juniors being like, yeah, I'm excited for Cutter Gauthier. I think he's going to be good, you know. But I'm not going to lie. There was a couple games where I was very unimpressed with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. also he had no points in that gold medal game. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. he, I mean, some of it is also you know you got to look at the intangibles and stuff like that. He won a ton of faceoffs. He was very helpful in that power play. Okay, there's some, you know, it's not like he was completely, he had completely disappeared and was a shadow, but it's also like you had all these points in the round robin and, and up to that game, but then come gold medal game, you have no points. You need to be stepping up there. Yep. When you're the one of the oldest guys, guys there, you're supposed to be the top prospect in this tournament in a lot of ways. You should be the one scoring that game winning goal or scoring goals or scoring that goal that puts the, the dagger in the heart. That is your role, and you didn't do that. So I don't know. I'd be I'd be a, a little bit hesitant here if I was Anaheim to be screaming we won this trade because do we know? I mean, twenty three points in seventeen games, great. That's not close to Eichel's numbers when he was at college. Mm-mm. So you, that's the thing. Like they're acting like they got this. They got this. You know, an Eichel or a Bedard. Yeah, yeah. you said Bedard. Like, well, the reason I used Bedard was just because I heard people saying like, well, he was the best player in the tournament and all this stuff and i'm like okay like that was my bedard comparison because he just completely but bedard absolutely destroyed yeah. the world junior championship mm-hmm. last year he single-handedly won canada gold medal. well i don't want to say single-handedly because teams win but he was a the, the biggest reason canada was able to win the gold medal last year yep. without bedard on that team it's a much more competitive tournament he he didn't go out and do that like relax like he played well, but I agree. There were or up until the Finland game, me and you were talking. How we were like, I'm kind of bummed about how he's playing right now. He doesn't look like he's his development's coming around as much as I was hoping. Like we were both saying that until that Finland game. It's like, okay, I could see it here. Mm-hmm. He played very good in that game, but I, other, but like, I don't know. I just just relax before you start giving out who wins and loses this deal right now. I don't think there's a question Philly won this deal because yeah. to top it off, like I'll get to that point now. Like, he came out, he, he refused to talk to them. They just traded him for a six, a, a six overall pick three years ago, two years, two ago. years ago. They're two years apart. Yeah. And, um, and a second round. What's that? Sorry. I was like, they are two years apart, right? Yeah. Cause try to listen to two. Cutter, Cutter Gauthier's a 04. Okay. So they're two, dra- they're yeah. two drafts apart. Which, hold on real quick. Yeah, Something good. I want to comment on that part real quick is, that's the other thing, is looking at Cutter Gauthier got drafted in a much weaker draft class. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's a fifth overall, but he's in a, a 2022 
draft class that's not super deep versus a 2020 draft class that was pretty freaking deep. Yeah. So drives, yeah, drives will go six there. So okay, it's one pick after. That's a very deep draft though. Right. So something else to point out. Yeah, I I agree, and um, well, and I love that when Keith Jones because I was watching the Flyers Penguins game. I turned it on after I heard about the trade, but it just ironic timing honestly um but anyway he came on between periods to talk to jim jackson and brian boucher and they he made it clear i heard him loud and clear he's just like <laughs> yeah we, we he didn't want to be here so we moved him on and brought in a six in a former six overall pick <laughs> i just the way he said it i'm like <laughs> I, I i heard i heard that loud and clear uh, that's the thing that's been i mean part of the part of what's been trending with the flyers right now is that they we've never seen a player get traded and then immediately have the entire organization and give him the biggest F you we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that's literally what's happened. They're making the NHL world not like this kid. Yep. Already. Yep. They're making. Well, and this is, and so we'll get into different pieces of this as we go here, but this is one of the things that, so part of the reason that I'm okay with them shredding him is two things. One, this team made you a fifth overall selection. You told them before the draft. You want it to be a flyer. Now you go back on your word. That's disgraceful. Mm-hmm. Don't and within two, within two years, it's one thing. In four years, okay, I can understand how things have changed. Okay, but to have in essence to ask a team to take you fifth overall, and then say oh, I don't want to sign with you now, in less than two years, there's something wrong with that. And then two, he still has not given a clear reason why he doesn't want to play in Philly. Mm-hmm. It's been, oh, it's a personal matter between me and my family. Okay, I respect your right to privacy for sure. You have that right. Also have the right to play where you want to play. Sure. But, man, hockey is not that type of sport. No. You have the right to a point. Not now. You will in three years. Exactly. Not now. You don't have that right. I'm sorry. You don't. That is not hockey. That is not the culture. And from the outside. should it be. No, I, oh yeah, yeah, I will, like I said to you before we recorded, if this was Tuesday night, I was cranky, <laughs> I, I would have been a lot more mean about it, um, the, uh, um, no, I forget where I was going, I got you all mad, stupid brain, fl- I know, now I'm all fired up, got you flustered, um, oh, I, like, well, I like you when you're mad, <laughs> <laughs> sorry Sarah, not right. really, <laughs> and this has been Glasgow Bones Hockey Podcast, we'll see you all on Tuesday, <laughs> Um, but I don't understand. Uh, so I guess the, what they're saying is, and why we don't know is because Philly tried to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Like they tried to hold a meeting to just pitch their like, okay, like this is, if this is how you feel, this is our response to it. He wouldn't even listen to him. Like, I do have a problem with that. If yep. you go into that meeting and it turns out like, yeah, I know. I, okay. We we'll, we'll try to find a trade for you. That we'll, we'll keep this quiet and we'll try to make a trade for you. Clearly, it was nasty. Like hockey doesn't release this news. That's one thing the NHL does not do. This is the NFL. This is the NBA. Yeah, you hear about everything. You don't hear about it in hockey. It had to have been bad. It had to have been really bad. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't. I know you'll agree with this. How do you get drafted? to a team that was managed and was 
lead like led by Chuck Fletcher, and you're okay with that. Yep. But then the second that this Brearon Jones core came in here, you don't want to. He's the only player that I've heard say they don't want to be a part of this. Why would you not be want to be a part of this? Because he doesn't want to work hard. There you go. Well, and I think that that's going to – and this is the thing, and this is why he needs to come out and clear the air and say, this is why I didn't want to play in Philly. Mm-hmm. Because if he doesn't, what's going to happen is everybody, including me, is going to assume what he means is I will not play for Tortorella. Yeah. And I think – and some of it, what I also wonder is because this team is so much better this year than they were last year, if he's not looking at it going, I'm going to have to fight for my top six spot, I didn't want to have to fight for my top six spot. He's not going to have to fight for his top six spot in Anaheim. They're so bad it won't matter. They're mm-hmm. going to put him wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to fight for it to get into Tortorella's system to play, and he's going to have to play Tortorella's style, and he's going to have to fight for a spot. And quite frankly, there is no spot for him, so he has to force someone out of the lineup. You know how hard it is to force somebody out of Tortorella's lineup? It's very hard. So unless you're going to come out and give us a really good freaking reason why you're not willing to sign in Philly, the reason is you're a baby and don't want to play for a hard coach. Yeah. Sorry, said it. It is what it is. You're a baby. Defines the youth of America. Well, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's why I said I'm not going to go too in depth because <laughs> then I got really upset. But it's it's the truth though. Like it's it's frustrating because like what gives you the right? Like what gives you? Why do you feel like that you're good enough to already? And that's what that's where I have a problem with all these people. Like Anaheim already won because I'm like, how do you know? Because this kid doesn't even know how good he is yet. Nobody knows. You don't know until you make it to the pros and you play. Like right now, like I said, you went and played in a tournament with under 20 kids. Then like you're currently playing at Boston College against other you know college age kids. You're not playing against Victor Hedman every night. You're not playing against Charlie McAvoy every night. Like until you go out there and ha- and show that you can beat those guys and like you're nothing and that's where i really do so far so far respect connor bedard yeah that and one of the reasons i dislike mcdavid there's like there's such a difference there the night of the draft lottery i'll never forget it when edmonton got picked mcdavid looked mad mm-hmm. when chicago got picked bedard was like i don't care i'm i'm just so excited that i'm going to be in the nhl next year and i just want to i just want to win a cup that's all i want we have to sidetrack here for a second. Jack Eichel, Buffalo, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Have you seen this video? Yeah, yeah. For those who have not, you need to find the Jack Eichel after the lottery gets announced, and he knows that he's going to, in essence, know, pretty much knows he's going to Buffalo. He <laughs> looks at the camera. He's clearly drunk. Looks at the camera, says, Buffalo, I'm coming for you, and then chugs a beer. It's so funny. So funny. Yeah. But I can't talk about that lottery and not talk about that because it's so it's, funny. It's a great. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really good at distracting tonight. But here it's we are. all good. It's all good. We're having fun. <sighs> I just, I don't know. I, I just, I hate that. I hate that an 18, 19, 20 year old kid can be able to do that. Where like, there's a lot of veterans in this league. Like we talk, we talk Nick Felino a lot on this episode. Nick Felino doesn't have that power. Yep. If anyone deserves it, it's that guy. But he doesn't have that power to be able to be like. I'm too good for your team. I need to move on to another one. Because I don't care. Until you come out and tell me different, that's the way I feel. You think you're too good for the Flyers. Yeah. Go have fun in Anaheim. Yeah. Well, it's funny because he's never going to win a cup in Anaheim. Right. So, and is, he, is he second coming of Pierre-Luc Dubois? Exactly. 
Because quite frankly, his game kind of reminds me of it. Yeah. Is that what you want your career to be? Yeah. I mean, well, I guess. So. I guess if you're okay with, I guess you'll get paid because that's what else bothers me. That yeah. I wish the league wouldn't pay those type of players, but they do. Um, but yeah, but there's stupid people in every work environment. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's just. But that's what separates the good GMs from the bad GMs. Right. You know, and I'm and I'm sure at some point here we'll talk about the Kings in one of our deep dives, but. And thankfully, thank God for Blake, they're playing well. But that trade looks horrible. Looks it just horrible. looks horrible. He's playing fourth line minutes right now. Did you see last night's highlights? I did not. Ah, crap, I forget who they played. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. I don't think it was. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It wasn't it was last Tuesday. night. It was Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Because last night, I don't think they played. They did not play last night. Okay, who was it? Oh, you! This stupid NHL app sucks so, so freaking bad. bad. They did the worst update you could have ever asked for. Oh, makes me feel like I'm working with an iPhone. <laughs> roasted. Oh, I'm getting oh, bu- roasted. <laughs> I'm getting a bunch of hate about that. Um, Brand, uh, Brandon Hagel, I think was it was his goal, and that was the laziest back check I've ever seen from Dubois. I'll have to show it to you because you got to see it. So yeah, it's you'll appreciate it, but. Yeah, anyway, it's just like, but yeah, back to, back to Goche. It's just, yeah, I don't know. And, and I, a bunch of people have come out, come out and said, like, like well, who do you think you are that you think you deserve to do, like, have this much say in your career yeah. when you haven't even, you haven't even signed a contract yet? You know, like, if you're Patrick Kane can choose wherever he wants to sign, he has earned that right. Yep. For sure. You have earned nothing. You have earned a gold medal at a World Junior Championship. Good for you. I'm impressed. It's great. I love the World Juniors. I think it's, it's a tough tournament to win. That is something, for sure. But it's not the end of There's mm-hmm. lots of guys who have gold medals who never signed an NHL contract. Yep. Who have never played in the NHL. It means squat at the end of the day when it comes to the NHL. Prove you're worth something. Play your entry-level contract out in Philly. Okay, if you want to make it two years instead of three, you can because you're a college guy. Whatever. Go for it. Sign that, sign your second contract, play five years with us, play six years with us, whatever you need to. And then you can say, hey, I've played, I've done my due diligence here. I've, I've done what's right by the organization and I've given you some years. Let us know, hey, I don't plan on signing with you guys. You can trade me if you wish, but I don't plan on signing with you. That is your right. When you're a UFA, you have the right to sign with whoever wants you. No problem with that. But the fact that before you've even signed a contract, you've come out and said, I won't play with that organization. Yeah. And in an organization that's in good shape. Yeah. Like, it's not like you won't want to sign with an organization. Like, there's, well, I don't think Arizona's there now. But, like, two years ago, Arizona, I can understand. Mm-hmm. It's tough. That's a that's organization's in a tough spot. I can understand being like, I don't know that I really want to play with them. Which is why they didn't draft Mitchkoff. Because they were not getting Mitchkoff to come over. Right. They just weren't. But, I don't know. It's just frustrating. And, and it's something that I really, through this process, have gained respect for Danny Briere and for Keith Jonesy. In what they said, how they've handled it, and the fact that they've given a big, if you don't want to play in Philly, you're not going to play in Philly. Yep. We'll move you. And on that, got to give props to Torts. That yes. man is a legend. Absolute legend. I wouldn't know the difference between Cutter and a hole in the wall. Perfect. Perfect quote. I want to talk about Jamie. He's the one who's here. Yep. And then, all this crap going on with, oh, Kevin Hayes had his hand in this bull crap. That's just nonsense. And the fact that Torts stood up and said to that reporter, you're an idiot, in essence. You know, which is another clip you need to go find because props to Torts. 
a player that was in his organization that in essence he forced out of his organization because they couldn't agree. And he said that me and me and Hayes could not agree on how hockey is supposed to be played. He's moved on, but he's a great man. Props to him. Mm-hmm. Props to and I know what and I know that the Hayes and him obviously have some issues. I'm sure Hayes respects the crap out of him for doing that. He did not have to do that. But that's what we need in this league. That's the kind of coach you need. And that's the kind of guy that this league needs is people who are going to stand up to these idiot reporters who know nothing and then roast their podcast, which is hilarious to me, and talks about how much how little they know was great to see because you can't be starting crap like that. There's no there's absolutely zero, zero evidence that that happened. They're friends. Okay, what's that doesn't mean anything. It's nothing. Like, I mean, freaking Max Talbot and Crosby were best friends, and then Crosby comes in and I hate every one of them. Like, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. No. Literally means nothing. If so, you're telling me that Kevin Hayes is why this kid didn't want to play, like, it doesn't even add up. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hayes is long gone. Yeah. It, it's over. Like, even if he did something, even if someone in the Flyers organization did something while he was here, like, it's over. Like yep. it's done. It's men. It's just men being men. Like you shake hands, you agree to disagree, and you move on. It's what happened there, and it's just how it works. It's hockey. It's more than anything. It's just a different culture in hockey that this isn't the hockey culture, and that's what bothers me. Yeah. Yep. It's stupid. So. Yeah. I, I'm unfortunately for him. I'm cheering against him. I hope he doesn't become anything. Yep. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he has set himself up for failure. He yeah. really has because he now doesn't. He not only has all the Philly fans against him, he has a lot of other teams' fans against him too. Because yeah. they're kind of like, "This is ridiculous. You're being a child. Yeah, act like a man. Yep. Meet with the team. Hear them out. If you still feel that way, tell them that. Well, you and but, even so, like I wanted to comment, even like you were mentioning about playing until you're a, U, a UFA. Just play till you're an RFA. Yeah, and go to them and just be like, guys, listen, I don't think this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Do the two year deal, like you said, because he has that option of being in college. Do the two year deal. Play two years, get through it, man up, get through it, and then when that's over, go, guys, I just don't think this is going to work. Okay? We don't either. Because by then, I'm sure they'd probably feel the same way. Yep. And how many RFAs have been traded over the years? Mm -hmm. Tons of them. Because that just doesn't work. Yeah. Dougie Hamilton was just not happy in Boston. Why? I don't know. But he wasn't happy. That's fine. We'll move you. We'll We'll figure something out for you. It's fine. It happens. Yep. Just play through that, though. You don't even have to play five, six years. It's yep. two years. Yep. And in that two years, learn what it takes to be a pro in the NHL. And I think that's what Philly wanted to try to talk to him about, is be like, listen, like, let's just wait and see. Let's wait yeah. this out. This is this is our plan. This is what we're looking to do with you. We want you to develop your game. You, you did great at the World Juniors. We're very pleased with that. We want you to go to Boston College. We want you to work on these things. And then come into training camp next year, and that's the other thing. He didn't even he didn't come to the training camp last year. He yeah. didn't go to the rookie camp. Yeah, like, which I had heard. So I do think that some of that was so rookie camps with when you're an unsigned free agent, you have one year where the team will pay for, and that's it. Every other year you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. So my understanding was he couldn't afford to come, which and whatever, or like that was something he just was like, I can't do that right now. Whatever. Okay. So, like, to me at the time was, like, a reasonable thing. Like, okay, like, that stuff happens. Not everybody's got, you know, millions of dollars and can cover all this stuff and all that whatever, blah, 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 blah. But it does look like that was more of just an excuse not to come. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. But, yeah, to your point, yeah. Like, that's – you can't be not coming to training camp when you're one of our top prospects. No. 
And you just, why wouldn't you want to? Like, you've, you're hurting your development so much. Like, figure it out. You've made it this far. You're going to sign an NHL contract. Like, figure it out. Yep. Find, find money. <laughs> I'm sure someone will fund, if you're such good friends with Kevin Hayes. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not saying that. I don't want to get into that. It, but anyway, that's his personal thing. I don't want to get into that. But anyway, but that's, that isn't an excuse because yeah. I've never heard of a prospect just go, I can't afford to go. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Yep. The team will, if you're Cutter Gauthier, maybe that seventh round pick where they're like, mm, we, we, we like you. We want to see what you can do, but. I don't know, but Cutter Gauthier would get, he, he could have been there. <laughs> yes, he could have. He could have. Well, that's where I wonder, like the, the part of me that is, you know, now doubting every aspect of this dude's character is like, did he tell Philly he wanted them to draft him because he wanted to be drafted higher so he could make more money on his entry level deal? Potentially. Because it seems to me like that may have something to do with it. Yeah. And because because at this point you gotta question the dude's character, right? Like you have to. The dude's he's clearly an idiot. Yeah. And which whatever. I mean, there's lots of idiots in the NHL. I'm not, you know, gonna sit here and, and again, I don't know him personally. I don't, you know, there's only so much going on, whatever. But at the same rate, there's also some things that you can handle and do and take care of. And this has been handled piss poor by him. Piss poor. Flyers have handled this with excellence. They really have. Mm-hmm. They took what could have been a disaster for their organization and turned it into a trade that looks really good for them. And in the meantime, have made him the bad guy in all of this. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Amazing to me. And that first game of him and Philly, oh, I can't wait. And he's already talking about like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm looking forward to getting chirped when I get, get to Philly for the first game. Like, dude, you don't even have that. You have no idea what it's going to be like when you have all those Philly fans, and it's going to be packed mm-hmm. in there. Packed. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be spending like $300 to get a nosebleed seat because everybody's going to be in there with their boo, cutter goat chase, the worst thing that has ever happened to hockey. Like, all the signs are going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what you just awoke. Yeah. That's not what you just woke up. Whatever. And whatever. This is why I was homeschooled. Home, homeschool. Exactly. Number one in my class, baby. What can I say? Oh, anyway, anything else? <laughs> exactly. How is it that we took three subjects and talked about it for this long? I told you we, we knew we would. We did. We did. And there's, these were three big, big things to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, two big things and then one, you know, you got to talk about, you got to talk about gold. Right? Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. <sighs> anything else? Kevin Bieksa agreed with you. He on did. Nick Cousins. He did. How about that? I know. It was great. It was cool to see. <laughs> Maybe the only thing that me and BS can agree on, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I I really shouldn't say that because I really don't, I don't know that I've ever listened to him that thoroughly. And it seems like I'm never watching whenever he's um, talking. Yeah. So yeah, I, just, I don't know. I've uh, never really seen him on anything, but he's, it's more on a Canadian station. So we don't, we don't mm, see that. That's why. Okay. So, but yeah. Superman punch. <laughs> Love that. Oh god, that was when he when he knocked Gudis. Oh, that was the best feeling I've ever had. And of course it was Gudis, which is even better. <laughs> if you've it. ever seen it, just look up Kevin BX's Superman punch. It'll it'll come up. It's incredible. I feel to like be able need, to do that on skates is nuts. I feel like we need to compile all of these videos that we just talked about and put links for all of them in, in the show notes. It's <laughs> <laughs> too many of them. <laughs> oh, oh yes. Ah oh, man. <laughs> Did you get your shirt made yet? Not yet. Maybe someday. Come on, Elliot. Get get on that. (sighs) Ah, yes. 
You good? Now I am. Now we are. Good stuff. All right. This has been another episode of Glassbones Hockey Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon for podcasts. And you can also find our Instagram page at Glassbones Hockey Podcast. So feel free to like us on there and follow all the stuff and give us ratings. We appreciate it. And as always, you're free to DM us with questions and stuff like that. And we'll get around to them. So, yeah. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you all next Thursday. It's only a game. Why do you have to be mad?